Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hoboken Grace Podcast. We hope today's message inspires you on your walk with God and supports you in a weekly rhythm of connecting with Him. We want to help you in that, so every message from every week is available live and on demand on our app or at HobokenGrace.com. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us, and we'll see you next week. Excellent. Well, welcome. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Chris. I'm the lead pastor here at Hoboken Grace. As Anthony said, Happy New Year. We've got a lot of exciting things to look forward to as we move into this month. We've got a lot of new things happening here. We have Grace Kids at all three services today, which is really exciting for us as we look at the mission of just impacting more and more people. Obviously, you're aware of the fact that we have new service times because you're here right now. So, but we also, in addition to that, I hope you understood what Anthony was talking about there because we're switching things up a little bit. So we're gonna, for years now, we've called people to kind of take communion at some point during the conversation. And then we've also had this thing called silence where we encourage people to have this conversation with God. And so what we're doing as we move into the next year for a little while is we're merging the two of them. And so as we move into silence, we're all going to take communion together. So I just encourage you to make sure as you come in in future weeks, just grab one of, grab those elements of communion before you have a seat. And then we're just going to kind of engage God in that conversation and remember him at the same time as we move through the next few weeks, next few months here together as a family. And today we're also launching into the new year with a brand new conversation, really light conversation as we move into our new year called Starting Fresh. And we're looking at the conversation or the topic of forgiveness. And, and I know, I know based on the first service that many of you don't think forgiveness is a light conversation at all. As a matter of fact, as I say that, many of you thought, wait, 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 did we change the conversation? Because I thought we were talking about forgiveness, and that's not a light conversation. Now, here's what I want, here, here's what I want to, for us to process as we move through this, and, and for us to remember as we move through the next few weeks. Forgiveness is not an easy conversation, but it is a light conversation. What I mean by that is this. Every time I see someone, or every time I'm in a conversation with someone who has experienced the forgiveness of God, or has actually practiced and experienced the forgiveness that God calls us to extend to those around us, they always describe the feeling the same way. Every single time I've walked through that with someone, they've said to me, I feel so much lighter. I feel so much lighter. Because the reality is, is that emotional baggage isn't just emotional. And when we're carrying those things from the past, that baggage from the past, that pain from the past, that hurt from the past, that thing that we can't let go of that thing that we can't forgive. It doesn't just weigh on us emotionally. And this has actually been proven by science. It, the act of forgiveness is actually beneficial to your physical health. Why? Because emotional baggage isn't just emotional. It's actually, it impacts us physically. And every time I've walked someone through 
Okay, this is how God's forgiven you. And they've actually understood it. Or every time I've walked someone through, okay, this is what, how, what God is calling us to do and, and, and calling you to do as it pertains to this situation or this pain or this moment. The response is always the same. Wow. I feel so much lighter. And what I want, what I... What I want for you, and what I believe God wants for you as we move into this new year, is for you to move into this new year starting fresh. For you to be able to let go. For you to be able to take off the weight that some of you have been carrying for decades. To take off that weight that's holding you back. And so I want us to dive into this not very easy, but very light conversation. Now, as we move through this, I don't want this to just be a theoretical conversation. I want it to be a practical conversation. So I want for us to actually practice what it is that we're talking about. Otherwise, we won't actually understand it, and we won't practice it in the future, and it won't be any good for us. And I say it all the time. If what we're talking about on Sunday doesn't impact Monday, you're wasting your time, and you should have slept in. It would have been better for you. So therefore, we have to practice this. In order for us to do that, I want to start off this way. We're talking about forgiveness. I want for you to identify right now in your, in your mind, okay, who is it or what in my past am I struggling to forgive? I want for you to actually call it to mind. Who in my life have I struggled to forgive? Maybe you've tried to push it away. Maybe you've tried to, I just don't want to think about it. But who is it that you know, wait, wait, wait. If I'm honest with myself, I'm still carrying that. The way, that I, the way that I identify it in my life, to be able to, to see, okay, is there something that I'm carrying? Is, is there something that I haven't let go of? Is there something that I haven't forgiven? I always pay attention to the conversations in my head at night. And specifically, I watch out for those conversations that happen in my head that will never happen in real life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you? Just a few of you know what I'm talking about. I think probably more of you know what I'm talking about. And you think late at night, you're sitting there, and all of a sudden the conversation starts going. You think, if I ever see them, or the next time we talk, I'm going to say this, and then they're going to say that. And then you, you come up with a great line. You're going to, I'm going to respond with this. And then I'm going to punch him in the face, and it's going to be amazing. I don't care if I lose my job. And this, all, this whole thing's happening in your head. And it happens in your head over and over and over again late at night. And it will never actually happen. But it's there. Because the reality is, is that you haven't been able to forgive. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's taking up more of your life than you know. That's holding you back more than you know. And when you allow that to continue to be part of your life, 
Listen to me. You are giving that person phenomenal power in your life. And you are letting not just what happened rob you of life. You are letting it continue to rob you of life. Because you're, maybe you're aware of this, maybe, maybe you're not. Listen to me. That conversation isn't just happening in the moment. When you have, when you have something like that, and this is something to pay attention to, especially with really anything that shows up late at night when, when all of a sudden the busyness of the world goes away and, and what happens is your subconscious thoughts come to the forefront and all of a sudden the things that you've been pondering or the things that kind of linger in the back of your mind, they come to the forefront. That's why many of us, we love to listen to music all the time. Why? Because it keeps the subconscious thoughts in the back. We love to say busy because it keeps what's happening in the back of our mind in the back of our mind. But make no mistake about it, it's happening back there as well. I, I was struck by the significance of this in my life when my son Kale was born. Because when my son Kale was born with Down syndrome, all of a sudden I began to realize that my conversations on Sunday had decreased in quality significantly. And I, I was a little bit surprised by this because my preparation time hadn't changed. The amount of time I was preparing for Sunday was exactly the same as what it was before. And I couldn't figure out why is it that it just wasn't good. It wasn't the same as it was before. And I began to process through it, pay attention to it. And what I, what I realized is that prior to my son being born, most of my casual thoughts, most of my unconscious, just the processing that's in the back of your head that's happening all the time, most of it was dedicated to preparing for Sunday. And so I was working through, like, how am I going to say this? And how, how do I phrase that? What, what story am I going to tell here? And how do I steal a joke from Anthony? And I'm processing all of that in the back of my mind to be able to prepare for Sunday. But then when Kale was born, Kale took up all of that. Because it was, what's going to happen with Kale? And what do we need to do? And how do we need? All of that was consumed by Kale. And so I had to spend more intentional time preparing for Sunday to achieve the same quality. Listen to me. When you don't forgive, when you don't forgive, it's not just that moment that robs you of life. It's consistently robbing you of life. And the, the reason that it shows up late at night and the reason that it shows up when everything calms down is because it's actually always there. And as God steps into our lives, he says, I want for you to be free of that. But again, I don't want this to just be Hypothetical, I want, for the, I want for this to be practical. And so I want you to identify, okay, what is, what's one of those moments? What's one of those situations? Who is it that you're having that conversation with in your head? Show of hands, how many of you have one of those? You're like, seriously, you're gonna ask me to raise my hand? I love it because here's the thing. Right now, the person sitting next to the person who raised their hand is thinking, is it me? Is it me? You'll, I guess you'll find out as we move through the series. No, I'm just kidding. But here, especially if it's a spouse. If it's a spouse, they're like, wait, I thought we moved past that. I thought we moved. No. 
All of us have one of those. All of us could have raised our hand, and maybe you can't pull it, maybe you can't think about it right now, but as we move through the next few weeks, I want for you to identify, okay, I'm gonna practice what God has taught me as it pertains to forgiveness in this moment, in this situation, so that as I move forward, I can continue to bring that because all of us, you're not going to be able to move through this life. You're not going to be able to move through this story without being hurt. And there's not a moment in our story where God promises, no, I'm going to take away all the hurt. You're never going to get hurt again. No, as a matter of fact, he sends us. From the moment that he rescues us, he sends us back into a broken world to rescue others. And he's, he promises us. He says, just like my son was hurt on this mission to rescue others, you're going to get hurt on this, on this mission to rescue others. But here's the thing. It doesn't have to destroy you. And you can experience the life that Jesus experienced if you follow me in it. And so I want for you to identify that. I think all of us have somewhere in our life where we can practice this. Now, the other thing that I want for you to do is I need your feedback. And so I want for you to go ahead and pull out your phones. Everybody go ahead and pull out your phone. On the phone, you're going to find the notes for today. So if you open up our app on the, uh, on the is it on the homepage or is it on Sunday? You'll find the notes for today so you can follow along in that, but that's not specifically why I want for you to open your phone. I actually want for you to open your phone because I have two questions for you. If you've already checked in, you've seen these questions already, but right now I want for you to be able to answer two questions for me, so just open the check-in form. It's on the homepage. The first question is this, because I want to be able to answer your questions as we move through this conversation. I understand that this is incredibly important. I understand that you have a ton of questions as it pertains to forgiveness. So I want for you to be able to provide me with those questions so that I can address them as we move through it. And as we come to the last week, we're actually gonna do a question and answer where we work through some of the bigger questions that are submitted. And so on the check-in form, you're gonna find that question. My biggest question about forgiveness is, my biggest question about forgiveness is, and so maybe you know right now, this is my biggest question about forgiveness. Maybe it's something that you see as we're moving through the day. You can submit that form as many times as you want. You can submit as many questions as you want, but please help us to be able to have the best conversation we can have by actually submitting those questions. The second question is as important, and that question is this, beard or no beard? Some of you from the moment I walked up here have been completely distracted and you've been, the entire time you're thinking, is anyone gonna mention the fact that it's gone? And so, but help me out here. I need your help with this as well. Beard or no beard, I decided, new year, new you. Some of you just now realized it. You're like, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You can go back and watch the conversations from December and you'll see exactly what I'm um, talking about. But please help us out and submit those questions so that we can have the best conversation possible as it pertains to forgiveness. Now, as we get started, here's, here's where I want to start. I want to start with this. I want to start with forgiveness is not. Before we get to, in the next few weeks, we're going to walk through, okay, forgiveness is. This is what forgiveness looks like. This is what God's taught us about forgiveness. I want to first start with forgiveness is not. Because my experience is most of us struggle with forgiveness, not because we're struggling to do what God's asked us to do. Most of us struggle with forgiveness because we have a flawed understanding of forgiveness. 
We have all these misconceptions about what forgiveness is and what it's supposed to look like and what it means and, and what it's going to result in or what, how I should practice this. And because of the fact that we have those misconceptions, we struggle with forgiveness and many of us has, have just given up on it. We've come to the point where we just say, you know, I really can't do it. It's, it's too hard. And so I'd rather just not think about it. Maybe you think that's what forgiveness is. I'd rather just not think about it than actually forgive. And I've, I've had conversation after conversation with people where I've, I've said to them, you know, that's not what God teaches about forgiveness, right? And I've said to them what I'll say to, to you. If I thought of forgiveness that way, I wouldn't do it either. Because it's not actually what God says brings life. And so today I want to talk to you about a few of the ones that I, I see most frequently as it pertains to the misconceptions that we have about forgiveness. Because there's all sorts of things that we, we think forgiveness is, that it isn't. And let me, let me start here. Some of you may know what I'm talking about when I say this. Forgiveness is not a cultural universal. You say, what is a cultural universal? A cultural universal is something that you find in every culture. Doesn't matter what time period you're looking at. Doesn't matter where in the world you're, you're interacting with. There are certain things that you find in every culture. It doesn't matter where you are. You can go back through history. You can go back through history. You will not find a culture that doesn't have an idea of God. It's a cultural universal. It's everywhere. Every group of people for all of time has always said, okay, there is some kind of an idea of God. There's this form, form of God or power. You, you find it everywhere. The idea of morality or a value system, the idea of sin. Another thing that you, you find over and over and over again, it's a cultural universal. Now, as we look at scripture, we understand that the reason that you find these cultural universals, especially as it pertains to religion and God, and okay, how do I absolve myself of sin? You see these in every single culture. The reason why, Romans tells us the reason why we find that, Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. So Paul, as he's writing to the church at Rome, he says, listen, the reason why you find these things in every culture is because of the fact that there are certain aspects of who God is, the reality of God, and certain aspects of God's power and certain aspects about right and wrong that are actually visible through creation. You see it in creation. You see it in the reality of the way the world works. And so you find these cultural universals. Now, here's the thing. Listen to me very carefully. Forgiveness is not one of those. Forgiveness is not one of those. Now, this is why this is, why this is significant. And, and I want for you to understand this as we move to the next few weeks. I, I think if you don't understand this, you're not necessarily going to grasp everything that I think God wants for you to grasp in this. 
When you look back through history, and even, even if you look through the world today, you will not find forgiveness the way that we talk about forgiveness before Jesus. Now, you say, wait a second, isn't there forgiveness in the Old Testament? And there is, God has a conversation with the nation of Israel about looking forward to forgiveness. And there's a sacrificial system as it pertains to, okay, what is it? I trust God's promise as it pertains to forgiveness. But when you look at, okay, people forgiving people, the way that God calls us to forgive one another, the reality of it is that it doesn't actually begin before Jesus. And the reason why that's really important is because as we move through this conversation, what I'm proposing to you is this. What God teaches about forgiveness is not possible without Jesus. And my argument to you is this. If you decide not to believe in Jesus... I don't know how you could believe in forgiveness. Not just your forgiveness as it pertains to God, but the way that we forgive one another. Because the Old Testament looks forward to it. As a matter of fact, Romans calls this out. Romans calls out the fact that the forgiveness that we see in the Old Testament was just because of the fact that God was looking forward to what Jesus was going to do. And it's really only with the introduction of what Jesus does that forgiveness becomes a reality. Forgiveness isn't something that we see from the beginning. It's something that Jesus introduces that changes everything. That, that understanding alone should lead you to question, okay, wait, 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 wait. That's not necessarily the way I think about forgiveness. Let me just ask you flat out, the way you think about forgiveness, is it possible without Jesus? If it is, I don't think you understand what God teaches about forgiveness. But most of us, because of the culture that we grew up in, we just think, well, forgiveness has always been, everybody understands, or everybody has some concept of forgiveness. No, that's not actually true. Not actually true. But Jesus changes all of that. This is one of the reasons why, and I'll say this multiple times probably as we move through the next few weeks, forgiveness is one of those words that we should probably create a new word for. Because the way that our culture thinks about it is not actually the way God teaches it. It's like hope. We've talked about this in the past as it pertains to hope. The way God teaches hope is not the way the world teaches hope. The world teaches hope like this fairy thing. God's idea of hope is something that you look forward to with certainty. Very different. And oftentimes I've looked at those words and said, man, we should probably create a different word for this because hope, the way that our culture uses it, is not the right word. The same thing is true about forgiveness. Forgiveness, the way that our culture uses it, is not the right word because it's so 
different. It's so different. Another thing that forgiveness is not, and I experience this all the time in conversations that I have with people, is, is people will say, you know, I'm really struggling to forgive because, because I just can't forget what happened. And there's this, there's this line out there, hey, listen, you need to forgive and forget. Hey, you need to forgive and forget. And I hear it all the time, you need to forgive and forget. You need to forgive. And, and, and people will come to me and say, I just don't know that I can do that. I don't know that I can forget what happened. I don't know that I can just put it away and never, I, I, don't, I don't know that I can forget. And this is an interesting one because it actually comes from something that God says about the way that he forgives us. And make no mistake about it. L listen to me, I, let me make this really clear. Everything, everything I'm gonna teach you about forgiveness as we move to the next few weeks, is based on what God has said about forgiveness and God's demonstration of forgiveness. Everything. Because I don't think you can base it on anything else. The reason I don't think you can base it on anything else is because it's so different and because of the fact its foundation is found in Jesus. And so everything is going to be based on those two things. But this is one where it gets a little bit interesting because doesn't God say that he forgets? And he does. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 8 says it this way. It says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. And God says that he won't remember. Now, uh, this is another place in Scripture where we probably need to create a different word, or we don't necessarily have the right word for it, but... This idea of remember, the way that we think about it, is not necessarily the way that God thinks about it. Because let me ask you this. What's the opposite of remember? To forget. The opposite of remember is to forget. And so when God says, I'll remember no more, you think, well, okay, God's going to forget. But, but that's not actually what Scripture is talking about. This isn't the idea that God in some way is going to strike from his mind something from his omniscience, the, the ability that, that, the fact that God knows everything. It's not, it's not that he's going to come in and say, oh, you, listen, I'm just going to throw away that file. That one's done. No, that's not what he's, what he's talking about. Now, in your, mind, in your life, the opposite of remember is forget. In other words, but I don't know if you know this about yourself either. You realize you don't actually lose the file, right? This is why we use this is why we use hypnosis to be able to pull files out that you can't find. Most of you, most of you forget. How many of you forget? I should do it the opposite way. Are there any Are there any people here who don't forget? Are you? There are actually people who don't forget. Do you know this? There are people who can go back and remember any day of their life. You can give them the date. They'll tell you what day it was. They'll tell you what they ate for breakfast that morning. They don't forget. They actually look at it as a curse. But there are actually people like that. They have great filing systems. They can always find the file. Here's the interesting thing about you. The file's still in there. You just can't find it. You have a bad filing system. God's not saying when he comes to this passage, he's not saying, listen, I'm going to throw out the file. Like, I'm just going to look up the file. I'll, I'll get rid of it. I won't be able to remember it anymore. I forgot. No. The, in scripture, the, the word remember, the word remember 
It means being mindful of something. So to remember is to be mindful of. In other words, to call to mind, to dwell on. This is really important when you read through the Jewish scriptures because God talks about remembering all the time. All the time. And some of you have struggled with those moments because you think, wait, God forgot and then he just remembered in that moment because you think about it the way that it works for you where you lost the file and all of a sudden one day you stumble upon the file. You're like, oh, I remembered. No, that's not the way, that's not the way he's talking about. He's talking about being mindful. And so when he talks about remembering something, he's talking about intentionally calling something to mind. He's talking about intentionally intentionally opening the file and said, okay, I'm going I'm to be mindful of, I'm going to think about, I'm going to dwell on this. And so what he's saying in this passage is he's saying, listen, I'm not going to do that with your sin any longer. I'm not going to be mindful of it. I'm not going to dwell on it. Now, another thing, Interesting thing to look at as, you, as it pertains to this passage. Let me read it again. He says, For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Now, notice this. He doesn't look at the two as the same, does he? Why does he have to say both if they mean the same thing? They're different. Because forgiveness is not forgetting. That's not what it is. Now, he says that he's going to do both. Interestingly enough, as we move through this over the next few weeks, you'll realize you don't really mind if God is mindful of your sin any longer if you understand what forgiveness actually is. But the other reason why I point this out, and this is really significant, because when you teach that forgiveness is forgetting, when you teach that forgiveness is forgetting, what you say to the victim, in other words, the person who's been hurt, what you say is, God's forgotten what happened to you. That's not true. That's not true. Forgiveness is not forgetting. In addition, in addition to that, the next one is, forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. Forgiveness is not ignoring the pain. And again, I'll have conversations with people and they'll say, I just can't change the way I feel. And we think that forgiveness is, well, I have to flip this switch. And all of a sudden, the way I felt about what happened, all of a sudden, the way I feel about this person, it has to change. And if I'm going to forgive, then I have to change the way that I feel. And I've watched people agonize trying to change the way that they feel about what happened because they believe that's what forgiveness is. Listen to me. Listen to me. God never changes the way he feels about sin. Ever. Ever. He always hates sin. It always breaks his heart. He does not change the way he feels about what happened. Now, now, will forgiveness change the way that you feel? Yeah, oftentimes it does. 
But forgiveness is not changing the way that you feel. Will forgiveness open the door to change the way you feel? Yes. Will forgiveness open the door to allow you to heal? Yes. But that's not what forgiveness is. And if you want to get there, you have to practice what it is that God teaches about forgiveness. But don't think that God's saying, hey, listen, you have to flip this switch. Now you have to feel differently. Now you have to walk into that party with a giant smile on your face. Now you have, no, no. That's not what forgiveness is. The next one is this. Forgiveness is not going back to the way that it was. I hear this constantly. Constantly. And I hear this from both sides. I hear this both from the person who's struggling to forgive, and I hear this from the, person, from the person who wants to be forgiven. And the person who's struggling to forgive will say, I just don't know if I can trust them again. I don't know if I can go back to the way it was. And I'll say to them, why do you think that it would go back to the way it was? Well, that's what forgiveness is, right? Forgiveness is going back to the way that it was. No. No, 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 no. Forgiveness, forgiveness is something that should be immediate for those around you. Trust is something that should be earned. Forgiveness and trust are not the same thing at all. And when God's calling you to forgive someone, he's not calling you to trust them. Forgiveness is something that should be available to everyone. Trust is something that should be available to those who have demonstrated character, to those who are trustworthy. And I have this conversation sometimes with the person who wants to be forgiven. And they'll say, I just wish that they would forgive me. I wish that it would go back to the way that it was. Sorry, that's not what forgiveness is. And in some of those situations, I've said to them, no, they've forgiven you, but now you have to earn their trust back. They're not the same thing. You can forgive someone and not trust them. And let me say this, and we'll talk about this later as well. You can love someone and not trust them. God calls us to love based on, or God calls us to, to trust based on demonstrated character. They're not the same thing. And over and over and over again, I've encountered these obstacles. And, and, and the, thing that's, the thing that's heartbreaking is that I've seen so many of you and I've had conversations with many of you where you're crying because you want to forgive. But you think that forgiveness is all these, all these things that God hasn't said that it is. And you're agonizing, and I've, I've seen people work so hard to change the way that they feel. I've seen people work so hard to just go back to the way that it was, even though they keep getting hurt over and over and over again. Which is why I think it's critical as we move into this next year and look at, okay, 
This is what forgiveness actually looks like. Because God hasn't called you to do something you can't do. And I think as we move through the next few weeks, you're going to see that what God has called you to is actually far easier than what you thought. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's far easier than what you thought. And that's critical. That's critical because another thing that forgiveness is not is this. Forgiveness is not an option for those who follow Jesus. It's not an option. Matthew chapter 6 says this. It says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive your sins. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That's an encouraging passage, isn't it? Nothing like ending on a feel-good note. Now, let me point this out. Let me point this out as it pertains to this passage. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And in this moment, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount, you are going to get to the end of it, and here's what you're going to think. You're going to think, I don't have a chance. Now, this is important for you to know about Jesus and about Jesus' teachings. This is one of the things that really confuses me when I talk to people. And sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll say to me, listen, I just go with what Jesus says. Or sometimes people will say it this way, I just go with the red letters. Some of you don't know what that means. If you pick up a printed Bible, oftentimes the words of Jesus are in red. And so they'll say, I just go with the red letters. And I just, you know, I think that makes me a more compassionate person. I don't really go with the rest of scripture. Maybe some of you have heard this before. There's a couple of things that are really interesting about that idea. The first thing that I just really struggle with is you do understand that the people who wrote down the red letters are the people who wrote the rest of Scripture, right? You understand that? Like, it's the same, it's the same people. It's not that Jesus wrote the red letters and then the other people wrote the other. No, no, that's not. It's the same people. So that doesn't make sense just from an integrity perspective. But here's the other thing. If, every time I hear someone say that, I'll ask them, have you actually read the red letters? Have you read what Jesus actually taught? Because here's an interesting, interesting thing about Jesus. Jesus doesn't actually teach you how to be saved. If you, if you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus demonstrates all that's needed to be demonstrated in order for you to be saved. But Jesus doesn't actually teach you that. That wasn't actually Jesus' primary motivation in his teaching. If you read through the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5 through 7, you read through that. Here's the thing. At the end of that conversation, you don't have a chance. He says things like, you think it's bad to murder? Well, it's just as bad if you hate your brother. In other words, you're all screwed. You think it's bad to, you, you guys get all wound up about adultery? It's just as bad to lust. In other words, you're all screwed. The, the entire conversation is that. He and then he comes to this point and he says, oh, this forgiveness thing, here's how it works. If you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive everyone else. In other words, you're all screwed. <laughs> Most of Jesus' teaching is designed to do one thing, one thing, 
It's designed to get people to the point where they say, oh my goodness, if that's true, I need a savior. Almost everything he teaches is designed to get those who are hearing him to get us to the point where we realize, oh my goodness, if someone doesn't do something for me, I don't have a chance. Which is true about every one of us. Jesus says, here's the deal. You don't have a chance unless I do for you what you could never do for yourself. And I'm going to introduce you to this brand new thing called forgiveness. And so understand, that's what he's doing in that passage. But, but that doesn't mean that God's not calling us to that. That doesn't mean that God's not calling us to that. And even as you continue to move through it, you look at Colossians chapter 3, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And consistently, as you continue through the Christian scriptures, the New Testament, you, you see him calling us to, no, this is not an option. This is not, hey, if you feel like it, hey, this is a nice thing. No, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Forgiveness is not an option. So how do we do it? How do we do it? I, I, hope you, I hope you've begun to absorb this because we say it over and over and over again. Whenever God comes to us and says, listen, I want you to do this, hopefully you've begun to realize he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you. He's not trying to take life from you. He wants you to experience life. And the same thing is true about forgiveness. He says, no, this isn't an option. Why? Because it's not an option for you to move through your life carrying that anymore. That's not going to be true of my kids. Not in our family. God says, not in our family. We don't carry that stuff around. We forgive. We forgive. So how do we do it? Over the next five weeks, what I want to do is work through. Okay, this is how God did it for us. This is exactly how God calls us to do it for one another. So that we can experience the lightness of forgiveness. And even more significantly, so that so many of you can actually understand what Jesus did for you. because it's better than you thought. So I'm asking you to commit today.
to be here for the next five weeks. To be part of this conversation. Say, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to figure that out. I lived most of my life with those conversations happening in the back of my mind. And I can tell you, because, you know, I know you guys, I know you guys think, oh, being a pastor, it's all rainbows and clouds and fun. And... But one of the things that I've experienced over the past 16 years is moments of really intense pain and really broken situations. And, and a lot of those led to conversations late at night in my head that would never happen in real life. And it wasn't until about five years ago that I actually saw, wait, that's what forgiveness is. And for the first time, the conversation stopped. And most of you think there's no way to end it. But there is. But you've got to trust him. Trust him to pursue it. Say, I want to know what it is and trust him to practice it. Because you can be free of the baggage you've been carrying. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that today as we move through this that we would just be filled with hope filled with this unbelievable hope of what it is that you make possible. I pray as we move through the next few weeks that you would, you would help us to see exactly what it is that you've done for us. And then, okay, how do I begin to do that as I move into the lives of those around us? In Jesus' name.